It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This week in league, hash, Tigers have declined, or have they? The Roosters get lost in Dan Mortimer's baby blues just long enough to offer him an extension to his contract. Manly steal a Broncos young gun by promising something the Broncos can't match, finals footy. And we'll preview all of the action for round nine of the 2013 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 118, 119 of this week in league. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, um, intro this week, uh, I've got a couple of things, uh, we got a lot of good feedback from people actually um, after last week's episode and people were tweeting us about stuff that you know was covered on the show and things like that, um, on a blood buzz, tweeted us twice about different uh, issues on separate days, uh, he said that, uh, that Sterling and Gould mentioned Inglis' running style as a factor in dangerous lifting tackles. So uh, he's obviously an avid This Week in League listener, or both of them are avid This Week in League listeners. Clearly, they know nothing about rugby league either. Yeah, those guys are. Those guys. I mean, like, quite frankly, if you had said Gould, I'd be like, eh. if they had said like, you know, Ben Eichenhold, I'd be like, fucking Jesus, how dare you? <laughs> but but Peter Sterling's actually one guy I actually rate, so yeah. so that's not too bad. Um, he also tweeted us uh, the day before, actually, based on your big spiel about the the West Tigers being Warriors. Do you remember that? The Kohaki. Yeah, I remember it well. He said, "Still believe every word of it." Yeah, it's good. That's good. And and he he tweeted and said, uh, "I agree with G about the Tigers being Warriors. Won one game since July. Those blokes." <laughs> they said, "Dropping rugby league knowledge like it's hot." Hash analogy gold. <laughs> uh, Lee Gardner at not the warrior I was referring to. <laughs> at White Pie said, "Uh, just another snapshot of how good Super League is." Tire on a rope is in the team of the season so far that's been announced. Hash oh. is shocking. And of course, that uh, refers to Tire on a Rope as a nickname for, for newcomers. It was Chris Bailey, formerly of the Knights, and uh, a very unhappy stint at Manly where I basically him. bollocked him every week. Can I just say, the only list of people that Chris Bailey should ever make is people that should be shot for lacking rugby league ability. Not players of the season. Yeah, but I mean, in England, he's dime a dozen, isn't he? Like, that's where we send all our grogs. And there's a couple of those heading that way, too. We'll get to that. In England, he's Clive fucking Churchill. <laughs> apparently, apparently. And uh, yeah, Tiger underscore Benji. We're talking about Benji and the $4 million over five years or whatever it was. Re Benji, he's our messiah. Why would we turn our backs now? Christians still follow their messiah. What's he done in the last 2,000 years? Amen, my brother. So you're saying that Benji... Well, I've been known. I mean, Benji's take... Benji, Tiger Benji, not yep. Benji Marshall. Um, he would never take offence to anything I've said about him because I've basically built him up as a god. Um, Tiger Benji's taken some offence to certain things I may or may not have said about him on the show over the years. Probably most of them I have because you could read the play them back to me. 
Um, and, you know, I, I never speak in anything but glowing terms of the man. He's taken offence mainly because he's generally drunk on rum. Um, but, I mean, never a truer word has been spoken. <laughs> After all well, that, anyway. so, so, so the, the long and short of it is you're saying that... Um, this He's one hundred percent right. This time you're not going to slam him, and this time you, uh, this time you agree hundred percent. You agree. One, I've never slammed him before, ever. He's just taken offence. He's a bit touchy from Toowoomba's, you know, how those country folk yeah, get. Say no more. Um, but uh, look, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with it. All right. So um, yeah. I also have Benji Marshall's Bible, which is AKA his biography. Oh, okay, it's not one of those fucking power bands. Well, that's his. That's his fucking rosary beads, is it? <laughs> News. Okay, and this week uh, we had some. Excellent news. We had two people tweet us about the clock. And not like you'd think. They're actually people that are pro-clock, I think. Pro-clockers. Um, pro, yeah, they're, they're, they're clocksters. Uh, at M51 Avoider said, uh, fucking clock's not loud enough. Wow. Wow, so he's such a big fan of the clock that he actually demands it louder. P.S. He's also fucking deaf because he's 200 years old. <laughs> There you go, slam people again. And, uh, Berkeley. Well, I don't slam people. I slam cockheads, of which right. he's one. All right, all right. Uh, Berkeley underscore eagle. He said that I now boil Speaking my... Speaking of cockheads. He said, I now boil my eggs to the ticking clock on the This Week in League podcast. They come out perfect. Hash, cooking with twill. That's good. Keep cooking those eggs. Problem and is, it's going to get an inconsistent result because they're actually ticking clock sections at variable length every right. week. Let so. me tell you, just keep boiling them. And whack them against your head. If they don't knock you out because they're so hard, try again later. All right. P.S. Just find someone else to knock you out because you're a gronk. Speaking of the clock, real quick this week, start the clock now. The NRL are pissed off that the Daily Telegraph got the Cronulla report, the Asada report leaked to them. So they've hired uh, ex-military, ex-police, $300 an hour consultant to track the leaks down. Wow. That's money that could probably be spent on, I don't know, Anything? Country um, Rugby League? Are they paying any money up front? Or is this bloke going to send them an invoice? I mean, this could end badly. This could be another siege. Yeah. This could be another standoff at Cronulla yeah. Leagues with an ex-military, ex-police type trained person mm-hmm. uh, going and uh, looking to claim the revenue. The money yeah. that he's owed from his investigation. Mm-hmm. Which Cronulla simply don't fucking have. <laughs> no, no, they do not. No, but I mean, this is the thing. It's the NRL that have the be footing the bill. NRL are paying it because they're sick of the Telegraph. You know, they, in fact, they got it. I think the Telegraph got it before David Smith got it or something or similar to that. Jesus. Or, or, you know, like the day before or like, you know, really super quick. So, yeah. Well, I still want to see a siege. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't want to see a siege. They're fucking Just great. hold them out long enough and then give them a big novelty check. Yeah. Which will yeah. inevitably bounce. One of your favourites, Dan Mortimer, has signed an extension at the Roosters till the end of 2015. Hey, you said, yeah, sexy eyes. That's what I said. He says, you said he's one of your favourites. Yeah, damn straight. Pretty um, much the only the only non-Polynesian football player you'd bang. Well, so banging, I get lost in his eyes, Nathan. But, um, but then I yeah, watch then, him play football and, and, uh, and, and I get over him fairly quickly. Um, 
but you know, he's been That's how you get lost in his eyes, and the next thing you know, you've lost three hours, and you're in a pool of fucking Mortimer swimmers. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, good on the bloke. Um, he's turned things around after playing a fair bit of uh, reserve grade football over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, I mean. It's it's funny he sort of reinvented himself as kind of like a, a utility you know sort of interchange slash impact sort of sort of player. I mean, but let's face it, you know the halves that they've got in there, except for Origin time, the halves that they've got in there at the Chookies, um, you know, he's not going to see starting position in his preferred position, nah. you know, anytime soon. Not going to happen. But he got a nice uh, fat chunk of change and and a contract extension. So uh, good luck to the kid and his uh, sexy eyes. All right, now let's move on to the. Main stories. This one depends who's telling the story. It could be different, but the one that it it started last night, late last night from uh, the mole, the rugby league week mole, who's pretty you know he's fairly good with his information. Seems to be getting better, especially in this Twitter age. Mm. He seems to be a lot more accurate um, than you know working on the print cycle. But uh, he's said that he tweeted last night that the Tigers were going to release Jacob Miller to uh, hook up with Hull FC in the UK. That then became uh, confirmed by a couple of other people, and uh, started appearing on you know on news websites. Uh, so the story is that, uh, that today, as we record the show on uh, Tuesday, the West Tigers will release halfback Jacob Miller to continue his career in the UK with Hull FC. New Tigers coach Mick Potter initially backed Miller to be his number one halfback option, but the plan unraveled after just four matches. The 20-year-old has not been cited in first grade since the Tigers' 26-0 loss to Manly in round four. He was named last week, but dropped back to New South Wales Cup once again after Benji Marshall made a shock recovery from a toe injury. That setback proved the final straw for Miller, who had opportunities to join Hull at the end of last year. The Tigers are also struggling with their second-tier salary cap after an injury curse, and Miller's exit could open the way for young prodigy Luke Brooks to make his debut later this season. Tigers have struggled for a halfback since 2006 when Scott Prince left the club and joined the uh, Gold Coast Titans. And... uh... We've we've really, really, really fucking struggled for a halfback. So we've struggled so much that uh, Tim Sheen's brought uh, John Morris John Morris into the club in the hope that he could be another Cooper Cronk. And to say that that uh, was wide of the mark <laughs> would be possibly the greatest understatement ever made. That's um, like me. That's like me bringing you into this wicked league, you know, and uh, expecting you to be like you know Brad Pitt. Quite frankly, I'm here with the ladies. You hear the, that? I, I can hear that. What the fuck is... What's your wife doing to the cat? Fucking fairy cobra, I tell you. Shut up! Not particularly that obedient. Fucking, that fucking you need to get going, a fucking snake charmer in here. That cunt's going straight to KFC, I swear to God. Or a bullet. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the uh, West Tigers search for a halfback which seemingly continues in 2013. We've got a uh, under-20s premiership winning captain halfback, New South Wales uh, under-20s and also Australian um, junior kangaroo representative in the midst, uh, ready to waiting in the wings. All I can assume is that there's been issues with his ego or his attitude because Tim Sheens um, obviously developed some issue with the kid and he didn't play a lot of first grade when we were screaming for a halfback. And uh, Mick Potter's come in, didn't really have a, a you know a bit of a sit down with Sheens, a bit of a changeover. So mate, this is what I've been doing the last few years. Uh, a couple of finals appearances, might have heard about uh, Premiership that we won. Um, apart from that, slim pickings, done fuck all really, uh, Mick. But uh, good luck with this squad. None of that. 
Um, Sheensy was arsehole from the club, and Mick Potter's come in and formed his own opinion of Jacob Miller, which remarkably is exactly the same fucking opinion that Jim Sheens has formed. Um, and now... We're playing Benji at halfback. We've got Ciro at 5'8". And then there's talk of bringing Brooks in. Don't forget Braith had a, had a time. Oh, Braith. When Braith comes back, he'll be walk-up starter in the number seven. Ciro will get arsehole back to reserve grade or 20s. Um, or the bench or lock forward. Fullback. Might give him a run of fullback. Hooker. Who knows? Um, what, what the fuck? Adam Blair hasn't had a turn yet. And I find it surprising given the money he's on. Well, quite frankly, his footwork and ball skills um, are more suited to the halves than they are at second row. Um, more, more suited to the Special Olympics. <laughs> and he probably would make as many tackles as our current halfbacks have made, which is fuck all. Um, yeah, it's all a little bit uh, concerning. At the end of the day, if, if his attitude's that bad... You know, we've seen clubs give you know second and third chances to... Uh, Wife beating cunts, and yeah. people, you know, drunks, essentially drunks, and and gam- drunks. gambling problem gamblers. Um, haven't heard a single fucking story about what Jacob Miller's supposed to have done. No, so you're How you're speculating, you're speculating on an attitude problem, or you've heard that there's been clashes. Oh, I, I have heard a number of stories. I've heard that uh, the kid's got an ego. Um, to be successful halfback in the NRL, I guess you have to have some semblance of an ego. Not to the point where it's to the detriment of the team, understandably. I've also heard that he and Robbie had uh, issues, um, a, a blow-up, as it were. But um, Who wouldn't have issues with Robbie, though? Sorry? Who wouldn't have issues with Robbie, well, though? Nathan, when you're the greatest hooker the game's ever seen, um, it's, it's hard for people to stack up to, to your level that you set. And Robbie, this is a situation where Robbie Farrah finds himself every day at the West Tigers. Um, and Jacob Miller's come in. He's obviously got a bit of a... He's a bit lippy. Got a bit of an attitude. Comes in, um, wants to wants to be alpha, wants to be the alpha dog. Wants to be alpha. Wants to be alpha, and uh, Robbie's Robbie's saying no, no mate, I'll have none of that. I'll tackle you sixty times if I have to, because that's what I do. I'll tackle sixty times per game, and if I have to fucking do it at training to you, I'll do that because I'm a warrior. <laughs> I'm a hero. I'm a hero to thousands of people. He's still gonna stick to that warrior thing. <laughs> you know, I, I just. If you've got an issue with Robbie Farrow, he can fuck off. Um, Guess frankly. what? Looks like he's going to go to Hull. But the latest part of the news we have, which surely is about, what was it, three hours ago? Yes. On Twitter, the West Tigers said... Four hours, even. Four hours, was it? And the, the, on Twitter, the West Tigers were like, oh, no, it's just, you know, speculation. He's been named to play... They didn't say he was playing New South Wales Cup, did they? They said he'd been named to play New South Wales Cup this week. They said he will play. Oh, he will play. Okay. So maybe that means his flight's not till Saturday. Maybe they couldn't get him a cheap flight. Under yeah. the salary cap. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's how tight things are. Well, there's, some sort of, there's some paperwork. Tiger Airways don't fly during the week. Planes, yeah. Maybe it was raining. Maybe, maybe planes because, weren't flying. Maybe because the money's coming from England, you know, like an international check. It takes a few more days to cash. Maybe. Maybe that's putting a hold up on things. But I can't imagine that Jacob Miller's going to be around. I think that, you know, they can deny it, you know, vaguely. And Where there's of, smoke, there's fire, and there's a hell of a lot of fucking smoke. And it's not from exactly. the crumbling wreckage of the uh, West Tigers 2013 season to date. Uh, which Robbie Farrell will put together piece by piece and we'll still win the comp. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> well, that was the fastest, fastest paragraph of bullshit I've ever seen. You're trying to sneak it through past everyone's ears. <laughs> Carney. Todd Carney is set to become a shark for life. 
The incumbent New South Wales 5-8 is close to re-signing at Cronulla for at least four seasons and possibly an option for a fifth, which would extend his two-year stint at the club to the end of 2019. With Carney turning 27 in June, the contract length essentially keeps him in the Sutherland Shire for the remainder of his career. He's set to reject advances from the Warriors and Penrith to commit to the long-term contract after joining the Sharks last year, having been sacked by the Roosters. Luke Lewis let the Carney news slip while presenting an award at St. George and Sutherland Shire Leaders Sports Star of the Year dinner on Friday. Lewis mentioned Carney's resigning while on stage. Uh, of course, a much-needed morale boost for Cronulla at, as the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority investigations hover over the side. Now, Steve Noyce, the general manager of football, said Carney hasn't yet put pen to paper, but they're hopeful of announcing a deal next week. So, uh, yeah. Noisy has some nice things to say. Oh, you know, we've been negotiating, but as you get towards match day, you have to let people prepare to play footy. We're working through that. He's a gifted footballer. We're keen for him to stay at the club, but obviously there's interest in Todd from other clubs. I'm not 100% sure when a decision will be made. It wasn't all that long ago that Todd Carney was probably staring down the barrel of a different type of life term. <laughs> well, let's face it. I mean, he never kicked now he's going to pre- be a shark for life. He never, he never kicked the, he never kicked the shit out of his pregnant missus. I mean, you know. Lauren Eagle doesn't even have a baby. And P.S. she'd probably yeah, kick the shit like out of him. <laughs> exactly. Um, look, I, I like it. I like the fact that he's acknowledging that, that Cronulla did give him a bit of a lifeline. And, um, you know, when he was, a, really, um, after the, the the last lot of hullabaloo that went on at the Roosters when they ultimately punted him, um, he was on the scrap heap he, he, where he'd been on a couple of occasions before in, yep. in a serious way. And... It's if he does sign this sort of deal, you know, it's, it's stability for him. He, he has turned his life around. He's got a stable relationship, which obviously helps. And um, it's nice to see him repay the club for for the faith that they showed in him when really no one else was willing to touch him. So um, it's it's a it's a good fit. I think he he does he fits the Cronulla program well. He fits their style of play, um, and you know they did take a leap of faith with him and, and it looks like he's going to reward that faith with hopefully some, some high-level play over the next four or five seasons. Now, speaking of... Uh, One thing know. I want to say, sorry before yeah, you please. get... This new TV rights deal is great for the game and, and I think it's going to... Um, you know, a lot of players are going to be paid exactly what they're worth um, or thereabouts. Um, and, and it's good to see the, the player salaries going up. My big concern, and, and as you know, I'm a big basketball fan, but um, when when the money started to skyrocket in the NBA um, and there was all sorts of players um, signing really long-term deals for stupid money. Yeah. Like, you know, guys that were, were, were probably good NBA players, but certainly not in the, in the star sort of realm, were signing... Yep deals worth more than some of the biggest names in the game at the time. Yeah. Um, people like Eddie Curry yep. that signed for, for New York for like obscene money. Yep. You know, over a number of years and uh, with an existing uh, injury issue yep. that then degenerated and, and he, be, you know, that guy put on so much weight he could have been a contestant on The Biggest Loser. Um, that's my biggest fear is that and it, and it sort of happened in the Super League yeah, era as well. It was a massive League, yeah. cash grab from everyone. And there was fringe first graders being paid, you know, six-figure contracts. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which didn't make a lot of sense. And that's my biggest fear is that the money is going to be wasted as 
you know, managers scratch and scrape and try and get the best deal for their clients as and themselves, um, as is their their obligation. But um, you know, I'm certainly not talking about of the Todd Carneys of the world or the Benji Marshall. At the end of the day, with Benji Marshall talking about the best player in rugby league at the moment, but there's other players that are signing long-term deals and for for big big dollars that. Fuck, they might have had one season, two seasons of, of high-level football, and yep. they're signing, you know, deals worth two times that. These you know, that's a deal. big leap yeah. of faith. But these five-year deals as well, then, you know, Cartwright. Yeah. yeah With the exception thought, yeah. of Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrell, look, has a five-year deal ever worked out for anyone? But did they, did they sign, actually, Robbie's just signed five, he's just signed, and they've just signed five years. but previous to that was, was... Their deals previously wouldn't have been, like... Robbie's was. Five in a Robbie's was because he was... He was being um, heavily courted by the Titans, uh, okay. um, and I'm pretty sure it was it was a, a fairly lengthy deal. But um, and he's repaid the, the the club in kind because he's an absolute warrior of rugby league and Benji Marshall best player in the game. What can you say? Nothing else to say, Nathan. And the Titans aren't a great side, but I mean, imagine if he had gone there, must certainly much more success than uh, the Tigers have given him. I think that's all. Is that the same on that subject? <laughs> But 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 we're not finished with the Tigers just yet. Oh, okay, sweet. You brought it around to the Tigers, Actually, as I always do. Nathan. Yeah, you did. And in fact, it just remind me. Um, with it was funny with that Jacob Miller story that um, he got dropped after the loss to Manly. So not only were we coach killers, we're also fucking career killers, rookie career killers <laughs> as well. Um, but but on the Tigers, uh, the Tigers are about to welcome back their save their savior and early, Lottie Takiri. He could make his long-awaited return from injury next month in a rare piece of positive injury news for the West Tigers. He's been out since breaking his arm playing Canterbury last July, and there were fears his career was over after he needed a second round of bicep surgery. His return date was penciled in as late July, but there are hopes he could be back in time for round 13 clash with Penrith. Lottie's due to see the specialist in three weeks, and he could be back two to three weeks after that, Takiri's agent Giancarlo Lombardo said. He's still in the rehab group and he's running now. He's just not doing any contact work. We're hoping he'll be ahead of schedule. Uh, we just have to see what the doc says. The Tigers in desperate need of reinforcement after suffering the NRL's largest injury toll. Their casualty ward includes Dakiri, Braith and Astor, Blake Ageford, Chris Lawrence, Keith Galloway, Matthew Bell, Tim Moulton and James Gavitt. And the majority aren't expected to return anytime soon. They've lost five games in a row and they're on the bottom of the ladder below the Eels. Lordy Dakiri, um, you know, true hero of rugby league, um, due to make his return for the West Tigers very, very soon. And, and it's music to Tigers fans' ears. And when I say music, it's like the music that you hear in a fucking elevator. It's like One Direction or like... Well, one Direction has a lot of fans. Maybe some eight-year-old girls. Yeah, and you're not an eight-year-old girl. I'm like not, but I'm a big out. fan of Lottie Takiri. Um, if Lottie's arm isn't actually... I suspect Lottie's arm's made of... Uh, Made of rice paper, quite yep. frankly, because uh, he's got a touch of the Mao Meningas about him. He does. Um, Maybe they should have sent him out in a big combat fucking cast like Mal used to well, play in. When he came back the first time, that's what he was playing in. Yeah. What's he going to come back in now? <laughs> Some sort of, sort of titanium fucking... <laughs> he's he's going to look like Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, it plays like Iron Man, don't get me wrong, except for his arm, which is made of chalk. I'm just like, I, I'm just I, welcome, now. I welcome the return of Lottie Dakiri, um, and and I look forward to him proving the haters wrong, including yourself, Nathan, and uh, getting back to his rightful place as the best ringer in the game. I don't hate Lottie Dakiri. I didn't say you hate him. I just said that you're a cock. 
No, you didn't. You said that I'm a hater. And I oh, hate a lot of Sorry, experience. I said that you're a hater. I thought you were a cock. My I, don't, I, don't, I don't rate him. I think he's probably four or five years past his best, as evidenced by the lack of hat tricks in his return to the West Tigers and rugby league but, itself. I mean, four or nothing. five years past the best of Lottie Takiri is still three years advanced from any other winger in the game. Now you're just being fucking ridiculous. Slightly. Now, while we're speaking of... Um, Seriously, though. What? I haven't even heard that Lottie Takiri signed a new deal. Yeah. So... He's doing all this promo stuff. Yeah, I saw a photo of him today reading to kids. Yeah. What was well, he reading? He's still employed. Something he picked up in the fucking hospital from his 15th arm surgery? But, he, but he's covered from this year. He's covered this year, isn't he? Not that I was aware of. Huh. He'd, have to, he'd have to be otherwise, well, you know. But was he hanging around? Maybe he's playing for free, easing some salary cap pressure. Maybe he needs the money. Maybe he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the money. Lottie Takiri, please. <laughs> now, I the mean, next whatever, story. Whatever income he's earned from rugby league, he's tripled that in male modelling. Next story is one that I saw the other day, and um, I want to give throw it out to the listeners as well. To you know, let's hear some input as well. Um, there was an article that came out. I forget which publication it was. It was some newspaper, maybe Sydney Morning Herald, talking about the buys of the year thus far, and uh, it had number one, Albert Kelly. Wow, really? Started off with a bang, but you know, probably not as. Oh, he's had he's had a couple of little hiccups with injury. Yeah, and I mean, um, you had guys like Maloney that sort of started slowly. But I like the really Albert, Kelly, sto- Albert Kelly story. I like the fact that they threw him a lifeline and he's, you know, he's turned, him, turned his career around. Yeah. And good for the young bloke. I, I'm, I'm happy for him. By the year, when you've got um, Sonny Bill Williams, James Maloney and Michael Jennings all playing in the one fucking team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're, you know, that any of those boys are locks for by the year, but fuck, they'd be ahead of Albert Kelly. You'd think so. You'd think so. Has anyone watched Sonny Bill? Yeah, he goes all right. Has anyone seen him with his shirt off? It's my vote. The shirtless <laughs> you do, boy of the you year. Do, you, you do every time you shut your fucking eyes. Shirtless boy of the year. Um, now, Lock. next. Tom Simons and Brenton Lawrence. Sensational players for Manly playing sensationally at the moment. So, Dread and um, ball hog. <laughs> why, is, why is Brenton Lawrence a ball hog? Just because he's been a selective passer of the ball. Select- he didn't make that's, a selection, Nathan. That's, that's, if that's you're going to be a selective passer, you've got to select someone to pass it to, and then in turn pass to that person whom you've selected. That game last night had Brett he Stewart He didn't make a, a fucking selection. That's because Brett Stewart was covered. He just thought better to hold the ball. He's a ball hog. It was a tight game. He's a ball hog, and he's not a good enough player to be a ball hog. He just played safety first. Back to reserve grade where he belongs. Sensational player. Um, Is he any relation to Chris? No. You would imagine he's, he's probably a younger brother of Chris. Not as talented as his brother. He's but, far, far more talented than Chris. I mean, the fact that he can actually stay on the football field. Um, Speaking of... Sorry, I know you just mentioned Brett... Uh, Brett, uh, What's his name? Brett Stewart. Um, speaking of brothers, he's got a brother also. Not not very good. Not even the best player in his family. Um, <laughs> Brett Stewart hurt himself. What was wrong with him? What happened uh, to him? He copped some knees in the back. No, he some... didn't. What, was, what did he go off the field for, Nathan? He copped knees in the back. No. That's not what happened to him. What happened to him? Really? Come on. He Don't be shy. He cops some knees in the back. Don't make up stories. And uh, and under underwent a hip injury or a back injury, and they need scans to actually identify what it is. Hip. Hip injury. I noticed someone posted it uh, to Twitter for us. Pretty... He's, he's totally spoiling the, the the tweets after the game now because it's on there. Yeah, I, that's good. It's that's good. List. I don't care. I just want to say, Brett Stewart busted hip. Never mentioned anything about Betty White ever again. Excellent. I will mention something about Betty White, and you know why I will? Well, you've got to wait till he plays another game. Oh, sorry. Brett Stewart's yeah. playing on Monday night. 
Meanwhile, Betty White's been out for about a month and he's not coming back for fucking foreseeable future. So that Betty White may as well euthanize that motherfucker because, I mean, that golden girl's turned fucking wood. <laughs> Dr. Jack Kevorkian. <laughs> she turned crockery and fucking someone dropped him. Um, next one on the on the uh, best buys list, according to this article, Bryson Goodwin. I know, I know. Apart from the manly players, this is bullshit. He'd be the best buy with one eyebrow. A saying that um basically had his uh he ruptured his spleen, uh, had emergency surgery last year, he's hospitalised, blah blah blah. I like his story. Wound up at the yeah, he's got a good story. I um, like his story. Buy of the year. Fuck out well, of here. Well, they're saying fourth best buy of the year, I presume. Next one they've got on the list. Yeah, I disagree. They haven't said anything about Braith and Nasty yet. How does Bryson Gooden get a run? Sam Mower. That's the next one. Oh, fuck me dead. It's a bit meh, isn't it? Oh, he's gone all right. Who else is in there? That's it for the five. So there's no, no Braith and Asta? That oh, let me just, let me just check the list. It's paper it's printed on. Let me just check the list. No, no Braith and Asta. But the positive for you is that he's not on the shit recruits list either, which right. is where Adam Blair would be if they made that list. Well, I was last, you know. Can you guess? Tony Williams. Correct. All right. Who's <laughs> number two? Tony Williams. <laughs> Three. One through one, one through twenty four of the top twenty five shit recruits is Tony Williams. <laughs> um, okay. So next. So I'd just like to say Manly, two players in the best buys. One player they've released to be the poorest buy. Next player. You can do it. Nah. Darcy Lussick. And the spiel says that Parramatta went hard ch- chasing Lussick's signature, but they must now be thinking they paid overs for him. He's a forward with plenty of promise, but he had only played a handful of first-grade games for the Seagulls when the Eels offered him a lucrative deal. He's hardly made an impression in a forward pack that has regularly been dominated this season. Penrith made him look second-rate in their massive win over the Eels at Centibet Stadium. He's played the first seven games of the season off the bench and averaged a modest 8.3 runs for 79 metres per game. Quite frankly, he was pretty ordinary when he was playing at the Eagles. Um, and you talked him up because he slapped Ryan Hinchcliffe and made a sign with him. You got your photo taken. It was all very fucking touching. It's fucking hilarious. Um, Fun it, was, games. it was all very touching. Um, but he, he's a, he's work on the field as with the ball in hand. Um, you know what? Certainly he's... in defence, left a lot to be desired. Whoever's doing the scouting for Parramatta, who well, scouted fucking Darcy Lustig and at some point Ben Roberts, who's yeah. doing that? Helen Keller. They did get they did get Will Hopewadi, but I mean, let's see if he actually fucking shows up for duty too. Don't yeah, but they, they, got... they scouted someone that couldn't play for two years. Yeah, and they got Sandow, and they got Sandow. Well, don't forget Sandow's only well, played half I a dozen mean, decent he's, games. He's performances half a dozen decent games since he's been there, probably. And they've all come this year. Well, yeah, yeah there was one late last year when went to watch the Broncos at <laughs> Broncos versus oh, Eels. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, this is the thing. Lussick was paid as like he was fucking, you know, like a, a Brent Kite or you know, like or an a Adam fucking, Blair. No, not Adam Blair. Like a, He's like paid a, similar like a, money to like a Matt, like a Matt Scott or like you know a, a proper prop, a starting prop. He's a he's a bench prop and always has been a bench prop. You don't pay three hundred odd for a you know a bench prop. So I mean, fucking Wayne Bennett, he's hardly get three hundred out of him for a fucking starting prop. You know, Australian representative. Wayne Bennett doesn't pay. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. pay that money. For, yeah, for he, a, he refuses to pay that for props prop. in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, nice rort. Um, you know, he's getting paid well and best of luck to him, but. Yeah, I don't think he was ever that guy. That they, I don't think he was. I don't think he's the guy who they thought he was going to be. And uh, suck it, eels. You, you whoever cut hopeless. Darcy Lusick's highlights tape and sent it to the eels, 
His manager's a fucking genius. Isn't he what? Genius. And there's no there's no secret. I mean, you know, Manly weren't going to pay him that much. You can and make that's why he left. Film clip. I look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> All right. Scott Moore. Coming over from England. They're saying he's one of the duds of the year. He uh he was going to be the replacement. Well, he's done for, fuck all. He isn't. Is he even playing? That's the thing. He was meant to be Aaron Payne's re- replacement. He failed in that and was replaced by Rory Cost Jason. Well, quite frankly, if he was there to replace Aaron Payne, he's 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 done a good job because Aaron Payne was pretty shit too. And he missed six tackles in one game against the Storm in round two as well. And uh, yeah, and he's just not one of those top quality UK imports. Next one on the list, Luke O'Donnell. I haven't heard his name called. He's been completely outplayed by teammates in his uh, in the Chucky side. Obviously, Sonny Bill's taken most of the headlines, but um, they've got a lot of imports like Jennings and Maloney and stuff as well. You know, overshadowing mm. completely. His statistics are eight point eight runs for eighty two point four meters per game. So that's actually uh less than Lussick. So uh, yeah, and finally, fat touchy Dave Taylor. Yes, he, got he, he had a couple of good touches on the weekend, but um, I tell you. For the money that they are paying him. Yep. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, so um yeah, so he had the dis- disciplinary breaches where he was dropped for two games, so that's you know, two games out of eight played so far. He's not really given him much return for money. It hasn't been that he hasn't been very good at all, you know, in any of the games. No, he's been that, very ordinary. Yeah. So so what I want to do now is I'll throw it over to you guys. Tweet us with your top five buys and top five duds of the year, and we'll wrap up your guys' uh, picks next week on the show. And uh, we know, we need Don't put f- Braith and Aster in there. We, we all know f- you're going to try and be funny, and everyone wants to have lols. Ha, 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 you're all hilarious. Don't fucking put him in there. You know it's shit. Braith and Aster selects himself in the duds. Oh, list. what? He's the fucking shit. He's, it's, he's Mr. 1%, Nathan. He's Mr. 1%. He, he's, he's Mr. Intangible. You can't measure. You, you, you can't, can't measure you can't what Braith what he, Nasta brings to a side. You can't possibly fucking determine what he does on the field <laughs> to be paid all that money and be you know, signed by any club, let alone, you know, from park football up. <laughs> it is intangible. His fucking talent is intangible. <laughs> and finally... So, yeah, anyway, send us through. Uh, send us through. Just tweet us your top five and top five shit recruits of the year. And we'll go through them all. And, you know, we got another... Uh, Snapback courtesy of Southie Snapbacks to give away, so I'm thinking. Is my snapback rocked up yet? No. The fuck, Southie? It's a couple of weeks away. The one you wanted. Could it be that hard? Hey, it's all about this fucking stock coming in, man. Oh, obviously, he's, he's going through the West Tiger. I mean, how silly of him. Going through the Tiger's hats like wildfire. He's basically no having. To, he had to. He's basically had his fans jump on the inevitable premier's bandwagon. He's had to put a stick, a, a, a big long stick in 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 a fire, basically, just to try and rescue the tiger stuff out there that he was torching because he figured I'm never going to fucking sell it. I may as well heat my house in winter with it. He's been going. Through, <laughs> I mean, the, the fuck the ticker, the ticker of the numbers rolling, the roll. He, I mean, that guy could probably retire based on the proceeds of the West Tigers hats he sold. Yeah. So anyway, how are we going to determine who the winner is? I'll oh, just fucking pick random, one. Random contributor? We'll pick someone that's not being a cock. So, uh, mind you, put Braith and Aster in there. You know ain't winning. D- don't be silly if you, you put Braith... shit. Put Braith and Aster in there. It's a very astute thing. I mean, maybe he's not number one, but he's probably about four. Number one, let's face it. We'll fill out the form for you. If you don't put T-Rex in number one, you've got no <laughs> chance of winning. Fucking end of story. How's that sound? You agree? Oh, you can make rules, but I can't make rules. 
Are you defending T-Rex now? Sorry? You're defending T-Rex? No, I'm just saying. You're saying I just you... said, don't put Braith and Astor in there or you won't win. And then you said, that's ridiculous. They can do whatever they want. And then yeah. you said, if you don't put T-Rex in there, you can't win. That's because, what the fuck? That's because T-Rex is the number one dud. And that's and you're, and you know, you're having a little fit right now, but you cannot tell me that there has been a worse buy this year than T-Rex. Think of the money he's been paid, the output on the field. There's literally no one close. He's won, he's won two, three, you know, easily, easily. And you fucking know. But no, just joking. Put out who you want. And, you know, I guess, you know, the one that catches our eye, entertains us, whatever, that's going to be the one. So, yeah, you've got a week. Okay, you've got until Tuesday next week. Uh, Tuesday afternoon next week. And we'll uh, figure out who's going to win. Now, finally, uh, Manly, give a Bronco a chance at a premiership. The Prodigy... This is I don't follow the Broncos junior stuff even you know even though we're up in Queensland I, I, I do not care about their juniors. However, they got a prodigy Delroy Berryman. He's been snatched by the Manly Sea Eagles, a star for the Redcliffe Dolphins, which is even funny. Don't pay it's the Berryman <laughs> until he gets you to the. Uh... Okay, so he'll head to Manly in November after signing a two-year deal on the weekend. He's 22. He's a winger with exceptional pace. And he was signed by the Broncos on a second-tier deal after an outstanding 2012 with the Dolphins. He played in two of their preseason trials, but failed to impress enough to secure a place in their NRL team with Josh Hoffman and Lachlan Maranta ahead of him. So my God, if Lachlan Maranta's ahead of him, he can't be that great. Um, his manager, Clinton Schakowsky, former Origin player, Canberra, etc., etc., Jesus, said that Manly gave his client an opportunity the Broncos could not match. The Broncos were great during the negotiations, but Manly have given Delroy a real opportunity to play finals football, he said. He didn't, he said, just in the NRL. To crack the NRL is what he actually said. (laughs) I I kind of made it the last bit. Um, It goes to show how how strong the Intrust Super Cup competition is that Sydney clubs are prepared to back players from here. He has a significant chance of making his NRL debut at Manly with winger David Williams tipped to be moving clubs. Or retiring, potato, potato. He's going to retire. He won't play anywhere but Manly. No one else, a, no one else would have him. And B, I mean, he's a Manly hero. Could you imagine he'd be fucking crucified? Yeah, he, would be, he would be crucified, and rightly so. But at the end of the day, your career's over. Once you've played at Manly, won premierships, you leave to go to another side, and you're fucking, it's over for you. You, te- you tend to put in your worst football after you leave Manly. And, and there's a long makes, list. Look, I've done nothing but talk since. The whole night so far. Let's not. You've been talking about stuff like the Tigers aren't on the bottom of the table. No, I never said they weren't on the bottom of the table. You said something about Robbie actually turning it around and leading them to glorious victory. Yeah, fact. (laughs) What's so okay? So what they've they've how many wins you got? Two, two of eight. Oh no, one was a buy though. Do you have a buy? Oh yeah, (laughs) we've had two glorious victories. Okay, who the glorious victories against? I forget. Para and Penrith. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you fucking own the West. Don't we what? What that is King my of life. The it's my life. What's it mean? Um, it's it, have they, they like could... co-opted the Bon Jovi song? Mm, well, no, there's not a song to it. Okay, that's not have like the No Doubt song. It should be it's the end of my life. <laughs> it's my life. <laughs> Collecting spoons like a motherfucking <laughs> Robin's kitchen. <laughs> First 
game on a Friday night football. South Sydney Rabbitohs 26 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 12 in front of a crowd just shy of 40,000 at Lang Park, or Suncorp as the case may be. And now this one. The Rabbitohs tries came from Jason Clark, Greg Inglis, Nathan Merritt, John Sutton, Adam Reynolds kicked four out of four conversions and one out of one penalty goal. So a perfect night from the boot for Reynolds. The Brisbane Broncos, 12 points, came from try to Scott Prince, try to Jack Reed, and Princey, two of two conversions. I obviously was at this game, and um, South just looked far bigger <laughs> and far stronger than the Broncos. And it, obviously, specifically through the forwards. Yep. They just, even in the first half, and I have to give credit to the Broncos for having the ticker to, to hang in and, and lead at half time but South were clearly throughout the game were a class above I think they were all over them in the first half especially but nothing was sticking yep. um, they probably could have scored four tries in the first half Broncos um, scramble defence was quite good Princey gave up a penalty to stop Inglis scoring a certain try um, which was you know cagey sort of play from, from a veteran but you just saw in the second half when things did start to stick for them and um, and English started running the ball a bit more, they, they really had no answer for him in, in particular. I thought George Burgess was great when he came on as well. Um, but they, like I said, when things did stick, they put on three tries in eight minutes and three of the softest tries you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, two, you know, one English running straight through the past where the ball had just been played. Um Nathan Merritt fooling everyone and, and diving over from dummy half or running over from dummy half from two metres out, which is fucking cardinal sin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just... They should have and could have won by a lot more, South. I think their, their first half, they must have got a spray at half time because their first half, they bombed you know, at least three, probably four opportunities to put points on and um, and they were just rolling through the middle. They had, had, had really good control of the ruck. Uh, and Isaac Luke was getting, you know, those big forwards, um, just had them rolling. And then every time England got the ball, the Broncos didn't really know what to do with him. So um, the Broncos did make a game of it, and all credit to them. But um, just through the forwards is where they lost this one. Yeah, and now uh, it was funny watching, you know, the, the game. You, know, you were at the game, weren't you? I was, yep. I was uh, following it on Twitter as well. And um, it's funny watching the Broncos fans. They're getting real cocky about we leading at half time. Like you know, they, they sort of struck back real quick from eight nil down. And it's it's strange that they were because, especially at the game, you could you could really tell that South were you know had the better control of the ruck and were making making more yards. They gave up silly penalties, which gave the Broncos their field position. And uh, and yeah, I just you know I think it was the the half time score was deceiving, but. You know, take Nathan away from the Broncos. They, you know, they yeah. put the points on to do it. But um, I think the second half was probably a, a truer indication of of the difference between the two sides. So we had at Scotty Eel kicking off. Said I liked Souths a lot better when they were a useless fucking rabble. <laughs> he said a hash on my signal unleashed George Piggins. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. How can Hook continue to play the one dimensional Corey Norman at fullback ahead of the Hoff? That's very true. Hash left foot step in decline, which of course is uh, Corey Norman's signature and maybe only move. Well, certainly passing the ball is not his signature. No, pass, yeah, well, he hasn't not done halves, it in yeah. two seasons. Um, does that, Hoff, Hoffman's obviously going to be the fullback next year, yeah? 
Now that they've dropped off the Dugan thing. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Whatever he did, um, well, I guess, you know, Norman had no would have nowhere to go if they played Hoffman there now with, with Princey, obviously, set in the halves with, with Wallace, even though I think those two guys should be swapped around. I think Wallace yeah. should be 5'8". And finally, or not finally, sorry, Eddie NZ said, no denying the Rabbitohs were the better side, but the refs made sure of the result after half-time with some fucked hard calls. I say calm down. I don't, I don't remember any hideous ones, really, from memory, but um, not to say there weren't any, but um, I, I certainly, there's none that stick to my mind. At Cruzy06, also again, how many fucking new Rabbitohs jerseys were out tonight? <laughs> What's your, what's your, from being there at the ground, what was your experience? I thought they had a lot of support and there was probably more old school from, from where, you know, from the guys that I saw and, and, or from the South fans that I saw, there was more old school, yep. Smith's Crisps and yep. old, you know, faded jerseys that probably haven't seen the light of day in 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was seemed to be a lot of them and people with, Long grey hair and long grey beards. <laughs> what the fuck is with that? It's like Gandalf the Grey had fucking cloned himself 2,000 times over and slapped South jerseys on him. And knocked his teeth all it's out, like though. Gandalf the Red and Green. <laughs> Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 40. Defeated the West Tigers, 4. So, what's to be said about this one? Well, first, let's go through the scorers, hey? Doggies, 40 points came from tries to T-Rex. Michael Ennis, double to Sam Parrott. Tim LaFay, Josh Reynolds, Mitch Brown. Hodkinson, six from seven conversions. West Tigers, a solitary try to Hot Sauce. And a missed conversion attempt from Curtis Sirenin. So How the fuck Benji. did Curtis Sirenin miss a kick? Benji, Benji training? I don't know. Fuck me, dead. Do we carefully right next to the post. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the first kid. Yeah, well, sorry, it was might have been the first terrible miss of the. It wasn't the last terrible miss of the the weekend though. There was some shocking goal kicking around. There was, no doubt, the return of the two chompers for the Bulldogs. Um, call them chompers for different reasons. One chomps on ears, the other one chomps on pies. Um, clearly helped the Bulldogs out. They um they looked a different side. They had a bit more of a swagger and a bit more of their the the confidence that they they trotted out last year. Uh, but I wouldn't say they were as, as good as they were last year. Um, but you could definitely tell there was a lift in the side. Um, Tigers were just outclassed across the park, unfortunately. And some of that can be attributed to the injuries that they got, and some of that can be attributed to, to blokes not really having a go. Uh, which yeah, is definitely the ones that were there didn't have a go. Well, Mostly. I mean, Robbie Farrier, you know, he um, he's a true warrior, as I've said, and... He tried his best, but uh, he can't do it all on his own. Even as you know, as you alluded to in the score recap, even Tony Williams got in on the fun, which is probably the most heartbreaking aspect of the night for me. Embarrassing. Uh, the most maligned <laughs> player in the game is, is is pushing Tigers players away and diving over scoring tries. It's fucking terrible. Um, and I have to give a rap to, to young Tim Laffey for the Bulldogs. Fuck, he was a handful. Laying on yep. tries and stepping people and fending people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, mate. As if we haven't got bad enough, some fucking no-name is just carving <laughs> us up. Um, good performance from the Bulldogs. It's probably one that they needed. Um, you know, this was a game of two teams that really probably needed to make a bit of a statement. The Tigers 
were probably looking to stop the rod a little bit despite their injuries and, and you know, show people that we're going to turn up and fight regardless of, of the situation with the club at the moment, um, personnel-wise. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be, and the, and the Bulldogs were the one that made the statement that, you know, they might be on the way to being back. Um, I can't remember who it was that I heard on one of the Fox programs saying that they thought the Bulldogs were back. It might have been Hine, Nathan Hindmarsh. Um, I think they're probably, you know, beating up on the Tigers at this stage of the season. We all know that, you know, what the Tigers are going to be capable of come September. A good um, team would have beaten these guys by 60. But, uh, you know, beating up on the Tigers, um, given their current situation, is a good result. And they, and they certainly played well. And, and Reynolds was good. Um, I thought Ennis got the better of Farrow, which, you know, hasn't happened for, you know, ever. Um, no, it has happened a little bit in the past. Part of like, yeah, what, five years of origin selection as well, probably. Yeah, no, he certainly does seem to have the wood on Robbie in Bulldogs-Tigers games. And I, I think he, you know, he's the type of bloke that would lift. Um, whereas Robbie, obviously, you know, when you're the best hooker in the game, people are trying to fight up and good luck to them. But uh, no, the Bulldogs were the ones that made the statement and, and the Tigers were uh, hopelessly fucking outclassed, unfortunately. Garbs, 1985. Just saw a sign in the crowd. Barber, champion, superstar, human. You forgot drunk, problem gambler and douche. Well, that's a bit harsh. True. Beer Boy, 182. How fat has Player K got? Looks like Player B has been feeding him kebabs every time he came over to boink his missus. <laughs> Uh, Mad Dog underscore no space. Did Cassiano eat all of Ben Barber's ability? Hash fat miss. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. I'll take useless footballers for six hundred thousand. Who's the biggest waste of money in the NRL? What is Adam Blair? Hash Twill Jeopardy. He's Fuck. trying. He's trying to get a thing going here too because that's the first of many, or first of two, I should say. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, which is it? Yeah, first, first of many two, or first, first of two? two? I meant to say first, the, the first of you know of, of many tweets, but that's that's his first of two um, jeopardy, two jeopardy ones. Yeah, uh, Troy underscore seventy nine. LOL that everyone's saying the dogs are back. They're playing an understrength park footy side at best tonight. Hash Tigers in decline. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one again said, "Well, Glenn, if the sound of Ray Hadley's voice didn't make you want to slit your wrists, I'm sure the scoreline did. Sorry, bud. Hash TID." He even does the TID thing now, so it's like, you know, you want it to trend, you've got to go spell the whole thing out. I mean, I know you spend a lot of characters there, you know, sucking up to Glenn, but fuck. Chapo has changed his name to Chapo the Creator. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. Rushing Benji back into Creator first... Creator of massive wads of semen in the fucking shower. Chronic masturbator. <laughs> a sock drawer. Rushing Benji back into first grade was a masterstroke by Potter. Hash the sheeniest lives on. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash Benji was underdone. His final hashtag, hash, free Jacob Miller. Well, you may get your wish on that one. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. I feel sorry for the Tigers. They have a big injury toll, but we can only play what's in front of us. Tigers tried. Dogs deserve the winners. Luke Shark, 74. You know your team's fucked when they make T-Rex look good. Hash Tigers in decline. And that was one of two or three that we got exactly almost as word for word. CA Photo 10. Blair is on 600k. Benji is on 1 million. 
They had to put the ball boy on about 2.5 million a year. <laughs> That's funny. Hashtag's in the clock. That's creative. I like that. Tiger Benji. Tiger underscore Benji. Can't really fault the Tigers for lack of effort. Just severe lack of talent, luck, and application. And then we got... Uh, Make it up. Makes it hard to argue with him tonight, Ben. It's true. And there's uh, K-R-I-S-E-P. And, uh, Benji throws a cutout ball past all teammates to find better players in the crowd. Hash go manly, hash tigers in decline. Legend. At Stuart Marler. When do the Tigers get to play a team like the Tigers to play them into form? So true. Oh, God. Copped a hammer in this week. Didn't I? Earthboy75. I believe is a new listener. A friend of Sky's. Spared myself from watching Bulldogs vs. Tigers and watched Susan Boyle sex tapes instead. Hash tigers in decline. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, Adam Blair, you know, you can say Adam Blair was, you know, Fat mess getting bent over all game too, so yeah, you know, potato, potato. Moving on to Saturday, Melbourne Storm went down to the Canberra Raiders, 24 points to 20 at home too, disgraceful. And um, Canberra, their tries came to a double to Blake Ferguson. Jack Whiten got one, Reese Robinson got one, Ferguson 4-4 four four from the boot. The Storm, their 20 came from Jesse Bromwich, Billy Slater, Justin O'Neill and Mahe for newer tries. Cameron Smith, 2 from 4. Goal kicking was indeed the difference. Who knew the, the antidote to the Storm's winning was the Raiders? Specifically, Blake fucking Ferguson. Yeah. What is that? What is it with some teams just having hoodoo over teams that are far better? It's, a, you know, winning streaks or, you know, are hard to maintain and there are down weeks and, you know, if the other team comes to play, then... You know the the problem the, the not the problem but the 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 lucky thing for the storm has been when they've been down on form a bit like they had a game against the warriors as well mm. and when they've been a bit down the other team just hasn't been good enough to capitalize but you know this time they still only lost by a couple yeah but you know they're definitely down by comparison and uh yeah Canberra was good enough to hang on the shining light in in the whole Dugan fiasco has been the the real emergence of Reese Robinson um, as a, as a great talent rather than a feeling first grader which is pretty much what he has been up until this whole Dugan thing. He's filled in on the wing at the Raiders since, um, and, and a little bit of fullback when you know Dugan's been inevitably injured. Um, and at the Broncos, he was much the same, a bit of a, a stopgap winger um, come fullback. But um, it's good that he's getting some consistent starts and um, and showing what he's capable of. It's uh, he had a fucking great game. Yep. One runaway try, run 80 metres untouched. Ran around Billy Slater. Yep, yep. Um, so certainly not lacking any pace. I think the Storm realised, um, and, and Cam Smith alluded as much uh, to as much in, in the post-match press conference, that they really need to do more than just show up and throw, on, throw it to the big three in order to win. Um, yep. This loss is unfortunately probably going to do them more good than harm, and I think... Um, you know, whoever plays in next week is probably going to be in for a bit of a hammering. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, the, the other thing is, I mean, like, you know, the, the argument for a fixed game is very strong. And you saw Cooper Cronk's option, like, you know, like last option of the game, where he, like, sort of kicked it from, like, you know, halfway or, like, 40 metres out. And there was no chases. And, like, well, I was, mean... And it was, like, there was tackles. I think it was, like, you know, there were tackles in hand. It was just a bit strange. If, um, there's no, no doubt that Cooper Cronk's a big fan of Cooper Cronk. Um, so he probably would have big, backed himself to pull that big, off somehow. Big fan, big fan of Brent Kite, judging from that fucking useless kick, <laughs> game-costing kick. <laughs> um, at Hammers, H4MMERZ. 
Campo had some epic man tits going on. It's like he's channeling Idris. <laughs> Poor cat's there. Oh, yeah. Mike underscore existence. Jeez, this is a cracking game of footy. Fergo stepped, jinked, took a selfie, then scored a try. <laughs> At Scotty Eel. Fuck, I hate you green pricks. Piss off back to the cruiser capital. Hatch multis in decline. <laughs> Mike underscore existence. That's what Raiders fans have been waiting for. Suck my balls, Melbourne. Hash, suck my balls. Hash, three <laughs> years straight. Hash, Tigers in mother effing decline. <laughs> Jesus. Although, Mike, Mike was a bit happy about that result. I, I, have, I, just, I have a feeling. At three-card magic trick. Can you hear that? That's the sounds of thousands of multi-bets being thrown in the bin. Curse the Raiders. <laughs> it's very it is, true. It is true. Gamble responsibly. Yeah. At NJBT. Hey, other teams. That's how you beat the storm. These Canberra fans, they certainly find their voice when they jag one. Don't know what. Troy underscore 79. Wish we could play the Storm and Dragons week in, week out. We would be undefeated premiers. Hash Tigers in decline. People still throwing it on there. I can't believe it's not permanently trending, to be honest. It's Move. very true. Now, next, North Queensland Cowboys went down to Parramatta and beat them 14 points to 10. Uh, the tries for the Cowboys, their 14 was made up through tries to Ashley Graham, Antonio Winterstein, Brent Tate, Thurston off night with the boot one from three. The Eels, they tries to Ryan Morgan, Fui Fui Moi Moi, Sandow one of two, and he missed his only shot at penalty goal. Good win away from home against some pretty desperate opposition for the Cowboys. It's, it's another step um, for them, although I still think they're a long way off the side that um, not only me, but lots of people thought they'd be this season. Um, just on the eels, Jared Hayne, I'm assuming, you know, he doesn't strike me as the type of bloke, but I, I figure he must have been fairly stung by some of the criticism he copped during the week um, based on last week's performance and some of the other performances this season, given that he's he's one of the captains. Um, he produced one of his best games of the season so far, and, and particularly in defence, stopped yeah. a couple of... But even that break Charles he made was like that was like some two thousand and nine shit. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, just amazing. Yeah, exactly right. He, um, you know, the issue with him is other than that run that you just mentioned, the issue with him has always been consistency. And um, you know, they very nearly pulled off, uh, you know, well at least a game tying play in the last few seconds when um, toe, toe tie. Is yeah. Um, Jared Hayne, you know, was was instrumental in a pretty clinical movement out wide and he threw a lovely cutout ball to, to Totai who unfortunately just dropped the ball a couple of centimetres from scoring yeah. a try. So I wish um, they had got that one just to see if uh, old, uh, old Pudding could have kicked it over, yeah. You, you would have backed him to kick it, I reckon, if, if, if he had been in that position. Um, yeah, I, I think this was a pretty tough game and... and Sorry, offensively probably didn't reach great heights, but I want to give a rap to Ash Graham. Like, it wasn't all that long ago that he was, you know, I was stuck into that bloke for being a fucking nufty out there on the wing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's now probably one of the most clinical finishers, and and he's predominantly safe as houses now. Like, yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, he was always he was always a decent finisher. The problem was he'd let in as many as he scored. Yeah. No, but he's um, you know he's he's improved his game immeasurably. All right, now moving on to uh, Twitter, GT three fifty one underscore John said it would have been a fun finish if the try was given, but I would hate to see that Sandow's annoying reaction if he got the goal. 
Paraman MK2, tough effort eels, hash, pink pole smokers, again blowing the whistle relentlessly, surely compensating for lack of penis in mouth action. Jesus. Earthboy 75. <laughs> if tigers and eels merged, they would still be the bottom team, but it would save a lot of money. Hash, tiger eels in decline. Fuck me, dead. <laughs> that was the end of that one. Now we move over to New Zealand. And the Warriors jagged one, 25 points to 24 over the Gold Coast Titans. Their 25 points came through tries to the beast, Manu Vatavai, Sean Johnson, Felitti Mateo, Bill Tupu, and Ben Henry. Sean Johnson with the crucial field goal, and uh, which wouldn't have been necessary if he had done more than two of five from the boot. Mm. Titans, their tries, a double to Jamal Idris. William Zillman got one, Anthony Dong got one, Aiden Caesar, four from four, safe as you like. Yeah, other than his goal kicking, Sean Johnson's really warming into season 2013 nicely. He he probably went missing at at the stages earlier in the season. Um, And and the Warriors' results spoke for themselves. But, um, you know, in a couple of narrow losses that they've had recent times, he's been really strong. And in this game, um, was probably back to some of his best footy. Kicked a 40-20, laid on a couple of tries, scored one himself, and... Um, and obviously kicked the winning field goal. So, yeah, he um, yeah impressive game for him. I um, and also I think Idris played one of the best games. He's he's played for the Titans since coming from the Dogs. He uh, scored a couple of tries, and um, you know one in particular was you know pretty barnstorming, really strong effort that which was probably a big part of the reason why the Titans signed him. I yeah. haven't seen a great deal of evidence of it since he's joined there, but this game was, was possibly his best for the club. Um, just on the Titans, I think they, their fast finish, they, they piled on the points late in that second half to, to make a real game of it and eventually only lose by one point. But they um, their fast finish overshadowed some some pretty sloppy tries that they conceded, um, which, which, you know, really considering... Some of, some of the players that they've got out, you would probably expect them to, to have folded, but um, you know they turned it on late in the second half, um, and ultimately their their effort was, you know, considering the scoreline, was was pretty impressive. I just think if they had tightened up their defence a little bit, it would have been, um, you know, there would have been a big chance of, of jagging a win. Yeah, I mean there was, there was a lot of bitching on Twitter I saw of um, you know people bitching about refereeing decisions. Okay, but um, I'm prepared to just say wipe the slate clean on that match because as far as I'm concerned. There was a forward pass in one of the tries, I think the Titans' last try, and there was uh, something amiss in one of the Warriors' tries early, and I, just, I didn't write down which one it was. But let's just say they evened out, and uh, the scoreline was a fair reflection of the game. Um, Twitter, didn't have much going through, going back and forth, uh, but we have to give uh, the floor to Mup23, who is the biggest Titans grog I've ever seen in my life. Yes. And he, he proves it with this tweet. Idris truly is a centre of excellence. Fuck. Is that guy fucking real? That's it. There was nothing on there. That, there was no LOLs or anything to make me think that, you know, he knew... Maybe he just, know, he he just figured ridiculous. it brought enough LOLs. Maybe. Just by uttering those fucking ridiculous words. Yeah. Okay, moving right along. And another close one. The Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 21. Defeated the Newcastle Knights, 20. Up in Newcastle. Uh, the points, where are we? Canola Sutherland Sharks, they had a double to John O'Wright. Bo Ryan got a try, Todd Carney got a try. Um, the field goals was a fucking nightmare. Uh, Todd Carney, 
none from four. Wade Graham, none from one. Michael Gordon got two from four conversions. And then we go back to field goals because uh, the winner with one field goal from one attempt, Jeff Robson and the Knights, their tries came through. Uh, Gay Guy, Dave Falongo, Tyrone Roberts, Gidley. His field goals, he was good from the boot with the conversions, three from three. But he had uh, no from no, none from two field goals, and Tyrone Roberts missed with his only attempt. So let's count as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight missed field goals with one going over to get a result. Jesus. You'd think these blokes, you know, Todd Carney in particular, straight, yeah. sweet striker of the football. Yeah. Fuck, he could have knocked out of a field goal. Surely Gidley, you know, do it in his sleep as well, you'd think. Strange. It's a bit oh, yeah. like free throws in basketball. Yeah, except you everyone know. except everyone fucking in this game was Shaq. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Um, for all their off-field drama, this is the sort of result that could really set up the Sharks' season. Um, a pretty gritty win. They, they lost Gallon very early, a couple of minutes into the game. Yep. Um, and I think this really highlighted what a, what a masterstroke the recruitment of Luke Lewis was um, to the Sharks. Um, the fact that Gallon would have been lost to the Sharks in recent seasons, the Sharks might have just turned it up yep. and, um, and been pumped in, this, in a game like this. Um, but instead, Luke Lewis really stood up um, alongside Wayne Graham. Luke Lewis had a mighty game, and I believe he was the man of the match, the official man yeah. of the match as well. Um, you know, Lewis's recruitment could prove to be the biggest coup of the season, and, um, you know, I, I know he probably wasn't mentioned in, in the buys of the year list that we, we spoke about earlier, but I think by the time the season's out, um, provided Gallon's not out for too long, I think... Um, like two years, you say? Sorry? Like two years. <laughs> Remember, the Sharks have got, you know, that sort of stuff in their future too, so let's not start talking about, you know, successful seasons. But No, I'm just saying know. by the time the year's out, um, you know, we know that he's got that sort of form in him consistently based on yep. his years at Penrith, so um, there's no reason why he couldn't be regarded as a buy of the season by the time the year's out. Um, for the Knights, I just can't see that um, they've really found the rhythm more than a any more than a couple of weeks um, so far this year. I think if they do, they've got all the tools to really be a top four side and, and Wayne Bennett coaching them is a real X factor for them come finals time. Um, you know, they sort of have been in fifth position on the ladder and, and are showing signs and glimpses that they are one of the best side, well, one of the better sides in the comp, but then they, geez, they fall away in, in large patches in yeah. games. Uh, which is a worrying sign, and and we've we've spoken about this, you know, since Bennett took over at the Knights. That unlike the Dragons, and and when he was there, like almost immediately, really, for the Dragons, or they probably had a, a you know the first couple of months of the season to find their feet as a unit. But um, from his first season there, they really played that style of football for which yep. they become synonymous during his tenure there. Whereas. And, and and the same with the Broncos. Obviously, twenty yeah. years at the club, you know they they he built that entire culture and their style of play. Um, but this is his this is his second season at the Knights, yeah. Yeah, and they still haven't shown anything really resembling Benny Ball. No, really, not a, really, not consistently. And um, they really just like the old Knights, except you know just like a little bit better. Yeah, the consistency. You, you can, much you like can tell on. that they they are a better side, and he has recruited better personnel. 
but the 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 level or the the percentage, you know, the number of the percentage of improvement is is lower yep. than what I would have expected. Yep. Uh, Twitter kicks off. Drew underscore Nathan five said, "Who is Jonathan Wright, and why did we let him score a double?" What is the eye, why do his eyes point in two different directions? The answer to that question is yeah, that he is um, yeah, old mate from the Goonies. He's he's his son. What's he? What's his name? Yeah, I forgot. Sloth. I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, the big mutant fucking thing. Hey, you guys. Uh, <laughs> well, you actually you actually got a reference. Happy day at Hammers. Nicklin made me watch it over Christmas. Yeah, and what do you think? You like it? Oh, I've I've seen it before. Yeah, but it sort of refreshed my memory. The hold up. Yeah, like from being a kid to being, like you know, fear die bill, fear die bill. <laughs> at Hammers, <laughs> this close to this close to Origin. Good to see Gidley put in a match-winning performance for the Sharks. Hash <laughs> Gidley ruins. Hash shit cunt. Big Dan, 1985. We should have had that. Jekyll and Hyde NRL Knights are back. Also, no more golden points. Make it golden try. That yeah. golden try song is the song that's sung by the loser of a golden point match. Yeah. All the time. Fucking win it in regulation. You had enough shots. Stuart Marler. Well, I suppose I just need to sit down, take a deep breath, and prepare myself to read the words, Jeff Robson, match winner. Got a nice that is crazy, to it. and he only did just—he just got it in there too. Bounced in off the right upright. Oh, well, doesn't have to be pretty; just That's has it. to get there. Yeah, DJ X plane. Jeff Robson wins Golden Point Thriller for Sharks at Hunter Stadium. Hash unlikely headlines. <laughs> Next, we move on to the Sydney Roosters thirty with a regulation win, pretty much thirty points to six over the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the thirty points for the Chooks came from tries to Jake Friend, Sonny Bill Williams, a double to Michael Jennings against his old club, which is you know quite poetic. Mitchell Pearce, Maloney four from five plus a penalty goal, defeating the Penrith Panthers six points. Try to Matt Moylan and one conversion from one attempt at Luke Walsh. We spoke earlier about the Roosters' recruitment, specifically James Maloney. Um, while Sonny Bill's obviously killing it. Jennings has never had so many options to score tries um, yeah. from kicks. He's he's you're popping up in the middle of the field, taking offloads. He's chasing kicks um, harder than ever. Uh, but I think really Maloney is probably the most impressive performer of them all. Um, just what he brings to the side, and what the improvement that he gives Mitchell Pearce, um, who looks like a more relaxed player with Maloney beside him, even more so than when. Todd Carney was at six, mm-hmm. which was probably the you know probably the best football we've seen from Mitchell Pearce was when he was alongside Carney. Yeah, um, and I've seen a few different media outlets mention the the fact that Maloney's such a calming influence and he's a old head on on youngish shoulders. Um, whereas I think the term they used on the Matty Johns um, Foxtel show the other night was that Pearce can be a bit erratic. Uh, you know, when the pressure's applied in games, especially in the big games, um, he can he can get overexcited. He can try and do too much, and then he just makes goes missing. Errors or takes a wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just kind of disappears. It's not like he's really bad, but he no. just like doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, whereas Maloney, you know, if Mitchell does fade out, then Maloney is you know consistently there to take those right options, and and that's a massive difference for the Roosters this year. Um, I I think Penrose decision to offload their best playmakers who both 
had great games on the weekend in, in Jennings and, and also Luke Lewis, as we mentioned, for the Sharks. Um, it had it better prove fruitful soon. Um, you can just tell in some of the tweets that we're getting, some of the Facebook posts and, and general feedback from Penrith fans that they're getting a little bit restless. Um, they're yeah. always fairly fairly bitchy, though. Yeah, they can be cats. Yeah. Like, you know, any fan base with people like Mick Tracy and, and Mr. Bowles, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no pleasing those guys. No, exactly. You know. In it, fact, it, Mr. Bowles is the first uh, tweet I've got lined up here tonight. Quite frankly, when you're born as sinfully ugly as those two, I mean, you, you should probably learn to accept mediocrity. <laughs> Uh, the thing, you know, the thing that they'll counter with when you talk about Jennings, uh, Jennings especially, and Lewis to a lesser extent, is like a cultural thing, and you know how bad they were for the club, and you know that sort of thing. So, you know, there is that, I guess. Um, I don't believe it, but you know they'd probably know better because you know they take an interest in the inner workings of their club, where I couldn't give two shits. <laughs> um, Mr. Bowles, well, on paper it should have been worse. Dead tie for biggest disappointment: Luke Walsh or Jennings getting two. Shunter. Well, I had a, I shuddered yeah. today because I saw a rumour that Luke Walsh has asked for a release or yeah. was going to be released. Yeah. And you know another club has just released their halfback and might be looking for an experienced halfback with a bit of a kicking game, maybe, you know. I thought Luke Walsh was going to England if he was released. Yeah, maybe he was going to go to Hull and then maybe they signed, you know, a youngish sort of prospect with, you know, big credentials. Yeah, but um, Miller's, Miller had ties to Hull. Just saying that the West Tigers got in the game to buy a washed-up fucking player... With bad hair to and try man, and help a season. That would be fucking beautiful if it happened. I'd take him. We'll make a player out of him, don't you <laughs> Shunter 86. After his token good game versus Para, Walsh was less threatening to the Roosters line than his hair is to the front of his head. And that's funny, that is. That seems to be the sledge that people go with Walsh. Uh, Chapo, the well, creator. Well, the man, the man just needs to let it go, Nathan. He does. He does. I mean, yeah, there are people that, you know, that hang on to it longer than they should and look ridiculous. At Chapo, the creator. I bet Cleary's happy he let Jennings leave. Hash not. If the Panthers keep losing, Walsh will be bald at season's end. Hash advanced hair. And finally, Monday night footbitch, the match of the round, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles. 24 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons. 18 breaking an apparent hoodoo at uh, Wind Jubilee Oval at Cogra. Um, and then they went, then I saw an ad and they said, Man, Manly will attempt to win for the first time at Win Jubilee Cockroach Oval, and then, they, and then, they, then they, literally the next sentence was like, "The Seagulls haven't won there since 1997." The fuck? <laughs> I think the way the what, do your research? Yeah, the way that the way that they uh they, the reason they fucked up is because they were what they wanted to say was that Manly hasn't beaten the merged side at Cogra since they've been, you know, a merged side. Big so, deal. Yeah, to be fair, they probably played there about four times over, you know, 15 years, so it's, let's fucking calm down a little bit, hey? Um, anywho, Manly's 24 points came from tries too. Jamie Lyon, David Williams, Matt Ballin, Jorge Tafua, and Jamie Lyon, four from four, perfect from the boot. I mean, two of those were dead set touchline as well. St. George. Their 18 points came from tries to Nathan Green. He got a double. Mick Wayman got a try. Chase Stanley got a try. And Jamie Soward won from four, including one that was fucking, what would you say, it would have been maybe 10 metres to the right of the uprights, and he just Massive fucking shank. shanked it badly. One of the worst kicks I've ever seen outside of Benji Marshall. <laughs> Look, toughness yet again gets Manly a win. Um, and I think in contrast to that, lack of toughness yet again gets St. George a loss. 
Um, Jamie Seward has his fair fair share of detractors, um, of which we're two. Uh, Two of the biggest and the best. There are lots of his former fans and people that were Jamie Seward apologists now part of the Pitchfork mob since he signed with Penrith. It's pretty (laughs) funny to see. Um, You know, he copped a lot of flack for this loss. I don't know... Ultimately, that he was he was really responsible outside of his, his goal kicking, probably not putting him a little bit closer. But um, you know that he he was certainly had his hands on the ball a lot towards the end of the game when the Dragons were trying to come home with a wet sail. And you know I think there was it's a bit hard to blame Jamie Soward alone for for going down eighteen nil or whatever they were down. Yeah, eighteen nil after about back. twenty minutes. Yeah, so. Bit of a tough gig. I'm not. I'm loath to defend Jamie Sauer, but um, I think Manly just started out of the blocks too good, um, and and they got the better of St George's forwards early, and uh, you know were, were good enough to put some points on and and then ground them out for a large section in the middle of the match before the Dragons started to put some points on and um, really made a game of it. Whoops. <laughs> Go again. I'm finished. Oh, you finished? Okay, fantastic timing. So, this game was an absolute fucking apex pinnacle of referee fuckery. Um, you said you said it all about Manly. I mean, just the fucking the heart, determination, guts. I think they almost like defending at times, and I think that that actually works against them to the extent that sometimes they'll take a less risky option in mopping up something just to set their line and, you know, yeah. and have a defence, you know, rather than, you know, knocking it on or, you know, something. So I think that can kind of hurt them because they obviously rate their their own defence, you know, really, really highly and they've got a lot of confidence, which is a really good thing to have, I suppose. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay respect to the Saints that they lost Matt Cooper before the game and they lost Morris, uh, you know, not long into the game. But... Manly overcame like they're pretty much an entire first choice bench foe. So Nullaval, Bura, King, plus Matai, plus Brett Stewart in the second half, on top of a three ten penalty count, and we finished off with thirty nine percent possession across the fucking eighty minutes of the game. Quite frankly, it's the it's the greatest, you know, victory against adversary since fucking Rourke's drift. And Oh, they should pin VCs on every fucking player that was wearing a Manly jersey. It was that courageous and that heroic. Um, and the referees, motherfuckers, I will concede... Are you are you fucking listening to yourself? I will concede... You've got the audacity... I'm not, hey, I'm not finished. I don't give a fuck if you're finished. I'm talking over you. You have the audacity <laughs> to laugh at me when I just sprout facts about the West Tigers you've rebuilding not, their season you've and, not, you've and not claiming their ultimate fact. premiership winning destiny. And then you have the audacity, Nathan, after yeah. sledging me mercilessly for, for stating facts such as that. And then you, you come out and say that they, they need medals of courage. How much? How big a heroes they are. I'm, yeah, absolutely. I can't sit here and listen to this bullshit. Pure, pure facts. Um... And now, look, I could see that, you know, they, they made mistakes and everything like that, but that's what you do when you've been fucking caned by penalties and have to make 400 tackles in a row off your own line. They're an ill-disciplined the re- side, possibly the most ill-disciplined side in the NRL. I don't know the, the exact stats, um, but it's mainly because they're full of fucking grubs. Um, Let grubs me tell you. give up a lot of penalties. That's why half your side's out suspended. Did you hear, did you hear Harrigan on Triple M after the game? 
Um, yeah, I did. He said Manly were grubs. I, I concur. No, no. What what he actually came out, basically, he said he hates Manly. So you have to wonder, though, how we managed to win premierships in his time as as the, the head of uh, head of the referees. He might considering, hate Manly. Considering, I hate Manly, too, but he's a man of integrity. Consi- he's a man of honour. Uh, he's not a man of integrity. You've got to be fucking joking, right? Oh, fucking hang on. Go back did, and watch the first fucking unified game coming Fulton, back from Super League. Did Bob Fulton crawl up your ass and die? What's Bob Fulton got to do with anything? Because that's exactly the sorts of things Bob Fulton would say about Bill Harrigan. Rightly so, too. Oh, right. Rightly fucking so. Well, he has crawled up his ass. So, life. the Dragons, quite frankly, can you remember... This is I tried to look for the statistic. I didn't have enough time to find it, though. Anyone, please enlighten me as to teams winning... With finishing up with only thirty nine percent possession, that's uh, unfucking believable. West Tigers believable. did it uh, on the twelfth of never. Fucking yeah. never. I exactly. Don't ever doing that. The West Tigers could blow. They, they could blow a game with sixty one percent possession. They could fucking blow it. Um, so uh, foreign was magnificent. Fucking mighty effort. Um, Cherry, he was pretty good too. Jamie Lyon, of course, always pretty good. Always he got fantastic. Fucking match. Always fantastic. Um, pretty much ever. I mean, like you know, Essie Tonga. I mean, I've stated. On the record earlier, well before this season's kicked off, that he would never fucking play first grade. So that shows how dire the injury and suspension situation was. That fucking guy even got in the field. And let me tell you, oh, he didn't disappoint. He was exactly how I thought he would. Um, Tafua was magnificent in fullback and just genius scoring the match-winning try as well, which also actually won me a couple of Supercoach games. Um, now, that's probably about it. I mean, like yeah, valuable. Very, very valuable two points. This was a game that they could have lost very fucking easily and, you know, still pointed to the fact that, oh, we had no possession. no. But the fact they had all that and they came away with the they win. They were definitely there to be beaten. No doubt about that. Exactly. And, so, and honestly, the Dragons, I've heard the Dragons be like, oh, fucking, we showed a lot of heart. No, you didn't, motherfucker. You had the win behind you for the entire game, pretty much. You had everything go your way and you still couldn't fucking win. Useless. Not a spoon-worthy side. Plenty stretch. But useless side. Let's move on. I just, I, I knew, I know there's something else I could have to say, but I just can't think what it is. Motherfuckers. Steve Price, that's what I had to say. Oh. That fucker dropping his chin, even though he doesn't have a chin doesn't to speak chin. of. Fucking, he's, he, he, he's got the fucking nerve to get out there at the press conference, a bitch about refereeing when every fucking thing went his way and he had fucking not, seven more penalties. Shut the fuck up, idiot. You're going to Centrelink anyway. Jesus fucking Christ. At Scotty Eel. Oh, Scotty Eel, sensational. Parramatta and Manly, mortal enemies. But listen to this. The only way these refs could screw Manly anymore is if they pulled on the big shit V and started tackling for them as well. Oh, God. At Devonhead. Not even an appearance from Essie Tonga helped the Dragons. Hash saucy face. <laughs> Hash Tigers declined. I do not approve of that modified hashtag. <laughs> on a blood buzz. The big man. George Rose returns to first grade and Manly grind out a gutsy win. Coincident? Me thinks not. Hash, no guts, no glory. Now, I just want to address that. Remind me, George Rose, I've seen a lot of this on Twitter, of everyone, when he was announced, that fucking cat, I swear I'm going to cunt punt it through the fucking wall in a minute. Now, a lot of thing on Twitter, let's go back to the fucking... Hash, cunt punt. Let's go. Like, let's go back to the, the, the thing at hand. This recording this show. A lot of things on Twitter. George Rose. Is, to anyone who's met him, knows that he's a fucking great guy. He's uh, he's a very entertaining guy. He's very friendly. He's very fan friendly. You know, which makes him a very popular figure. You know, a cult sort of figure around the club. 
agree 100% with all that. He's been in uh, Reggie's New South Wales Cup for quite a while now. And Tubes, he's pretty much since Tubes has taken, taken over, he's pretty much been out of favour. Now, obviously, he gets his chance in first grade for the first time this year. So we're nine rounds into the competition, third of the way through the season. He gets his chance off the bench, albeit four fucking hit-ups. I don't have the tackle stats, but it wasn't many. Absolutely ineffective. He looked twice as big as he was last time he played first grade. And for people to fucking be all this, like, hash, bring back George, or, you know, blah, blah, fucking whatever. Oh, it's so great to see George there. Oh, it's great to see him there because he's, you know, because he's a nice guy and everything. But he's a fucking liability, and he nearly cost us the game with that fucking fifth tackle penalty that put the Dragons all the way down the field, and they scored a couple of plays later to... And that was the, when when Soward shanked the kick. I mean, that was a kick to go ahead 2018. So this this fucking myth that people think that George Rose needs to be in first grade, I get it that you like the guy. I like the guy too, but fucking hell, I'm about winning football games, not fucking putting people you like into the football side. Just ridiculous. And he's been named. I mean, it'll be an extended bench this time. So, you know, hopefully fucking someone like King or, you know, someone has a, a massive recovery. But you're going to put him in again? You're going to put him in against the Roosters? When there's, you know, your fucking fast dudes that'll, you know, quick play the balls and all this. Fuck off. Yeah, it's like one of those man versus food challenges. Life of Ty. We win when we want. Don't need the ball or penalties to win. Hash go manly. Hash, hash hometown hash. ref. Hash fuck off Tom. Hash Tigers in decline. And then hash the, the official match hashtag for the thing. And you know. <laughs> Masturbators. At angel underscore forever 87. The, the bot. <laughs> As a neutral bystander, I think the refs were fucked. <laughs> As a manly hater, haha, you almost got beaten by the dragons. Hash craze greater than lion question mark. Sell the fuck down. I mean Cray Speaking of Cray, I mean he did almost end up being the hero for his side there where he, he, he made made that half break and then fucking Cherry just ankle tapped him and dropped him. Yeah, exactly. And then he saw then he saw his tail and then you know, saw his shadow, started jumping on it and pouncing on it. <laughs> uh at Bay Bay BNC. Win Jubilee, otherwise known as Australia's quietest stadium. Hash crap fans, crap team. Hash team of felines. Dragons underscore red V. Tafua sure made his case for origin, had a blinder tonight, unfortunately. The real Jedi. Well, that was painful. Refs are cunts. Tonga and Rose back to Reggie's. Lack discipline all over the park. Refs are cunts. Hash TID. <laughs> One. Oh, no. We got, hey, there was a tweet promised earlier in the show. You going to cut me off before I read it? Yep. You are going to cut me off. No. Jeremy underscore Jack 01. More hash twill jeopardy. Match winners for 50,000. Who's the best player in the NRL with the initials JT? Who is Jorge Tafua? And finally, the tweet that you masturbated all over. Gotta love Keefe. Fair to say with Stuart's hip injury, we can, we start, we can start calling him Bretty White. <laughs> Hash. <laughs> I do like it for the Bretty White thing. That's good. But, um, but yeah. He's, he's fairly consistent and he goes for your team. So fucking, you know, you might want to show him a little bit of love. All right.
previews kick off Friday night football at ANZ Stadium. South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, just casting my eye quickly over the two sides. Doesn't seem to be uh, a lot of changes. On paper, obviously last week, as I said, the Rabbitohs got the job done via their forwards who, who really dominated Brisbane. But I think the Cowboys match up fairly well in the forwards. Mm-hmm. Um and, and probably have, well, I guess, you know, Thurston and the Haas probably cancel themselves out, essentially. Um, it really just comes down to Greg Inglis for the Rabbitohs. I think if he has a big game um, or is, you know, if he doesn't have a, a horrible game <laughs> and he's just, even if he's just mediocre, Greg Inglis, I think the, the, the Rabbitohs will continue their winning ways of late and, um, and get over the Cowboys. But yeah. I think the forward battle will be very good. Um, you know, they guys like Tarek Sims, um, Dallas Johnson's a workhorse, and then you got you know probably we got two current Australian representative props. Um, you know, Isaac Luke, Rory Costration's been going really well at hooker, but um, he's no Isaac Luke, so maybe that's where it'll be won uh, with Luke's work through the uh, through the middle of the park. Cowboys are so hard to they're just hard to pick because mm. you know the, the, on paper they look fantastic the side that you know it looks like it should be flogging everybody Thurston's just been down across the season I think yeah I think form. so I think you know generally leading into Origin is when he starts to ramp things up but his general level of play um, compared to previous seasons has probably been down a notch or two yeah this season so far so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm inclined. Cowboys aren't the best travellers in the world either. I mean, they barely scratched out a win against the Yields last week. So I think the Rabbitohs probably win it fairly comfortably. I mean, I think that uh, you know it should be it should be a reasonably flowing game. I think. I think we'll see some tries. Come, you know, a lot of tries come from both sides. But um, I think the Rabbitohs got them covered. Okay, and inexplicably, why this is on Friday night? No one wants to see it. The West Tigers taking on the Sharkies. Grudge match. Allianz. Big grudge match. Obviously, uh, Bo Ryan, Chris Hyington joining previous recruits, John Morris, Andrew Fafita um, in the side. No, Ryan, Bryce, yeah. no Bryce Gibbs. Bryce, yeah, he's, not quite back hurt. yet. So, um, Andrew Fafita was, was fucking unstoppable last week. Um, no reason with, with a bit of extra motivation coming against, against his old club. Why he uh, couldn't be just as devastating... Um, but, you know, when you put him up against luminaries such as Adam Blair, Eddie Pettibourne, uh, and uh, new starter, Suaso Sue. Yep. Um, Got him on my super coach side too, so that'll just throw some value on him. Nice. Shark's going to be tough to beat, even without Gallon, I think. Um, and for the reasons I mentioned in the, in the recap, with Luke Lewis stepping up, Wade Graham's there. They they, they do look a pretty formidable side, um, and will probably fancy their chances in this game, which will ultimately uh, spell their doom. And I think the Tigers will uh, bounce back. The wounded Tigers. Tim Simona comes into the centres, um, and as I mentioned, Suaso Sue partners Aaron Woods, which is a pretty inexperienced um, front row. Um, and then you got Buchanan coming on relieving them. He's just equally inexperienced. Jeez. Um, it's 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 really lucky they're all uh, future representative players uh, because otherwise you know lesser clubs lesser clubs Nathan would have trouble overcoming such adversity but I'm sure the West Tigers will come through and uh, we've owned the Sharks we've owned the Sharks for 
Well, I, I can't remember the last time Sharks beat us. Yeah, I remember. I remember the, the first game last season when you beat them with a, a bullshit <laughs> penalty. Oh, no one remembers anything but the victory, Nathan. And um, I think <laughs> that we'll, we'll get another victory here, and um, the Sharks will continue their miserable run of form against the Tigers. Yeah, I think the Sharks are going to win this game as easily as the Doggies did. Maybe not on the scoreboard, but like the run of play and the way they control it, I think they're going to own them. They don't have the strike power that the Doggies have, though, so I think it's probably going to be something more in the vicinity of like a 26-6, to 26-10. But uh, believe you me, the, the Tigers are going to realise that they're never in this fucking contest. Next up, we have the New Zealand Warriors taking on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. This one's taking place at Westpac Stadium in Wellington, New Zealand. Interesting. So. Warriors pulled out a win last week and the Bulldogs, you know, many are saying they're back. Um, can they go to New Zealand, um, you know, with the Warriors hopefully building a little bit of confidence based on that victory and a couple of other solid performances of late? Um, yeah, I think they can. I think they'll, they'll get over the top of the Warriors. Um, for the same reason they got over the Tigers, having Cassiano um, and James Graham back in the side to um, to lead the way up front. Obviously, with Aidan Tolman, their, their prop rotation is back on track, and um, I think they'll be too good for the Warriors, the Bulldogs. I wonder if it's some is there some sort of injury concern or something over the Doggies at all? Because they've named like you know a couple of extra guys on the bench. Yeah, not that I've heard, but um, yeah, it could be just precautionary. Hasler over the years has been notorious for naming extended benches. Yeah, so yeah, the Warriors return, uh, the return of uh, Fishiahi and uh, Conrad Hurrell, I, I don't think it's going to help them a great deal. Um, I think that uh, their defence is, you know, they're letting too many points, even if they do jag a win. And I think the Doggies will be good enough to score enough to win. Parramatta Eels versus the Brisbane Broncos at Parramatta Stadium. This one, well, you know, if the same Parramatta turns up that played the Cowboys, big chance. They're they're, they're a big, chance. Big I don't chance. know. I don't know if they're a big chance, but I mean they're 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 a chance. The Broncos are still, you know, I mean, despite being, you know, probably one of the spoon contending sides this year. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah, they're they're, you know, they're relatively solid and predictable the way they go about their business and you know what you the sort of performance you get from them week in week out. Um, I think the Broncos will be too strong for the Eels, regardless of whether it's away from home or not. Yep. Um, yeah, I just I think the experience in the halves um, and the safe play in the halves rather than the uh, exuberance of Sandow, which can come up with the odd error. Um, I just think Brisbane, away from home, play it fairly simple, um, kick, take it back to basics and um, kick to the corners, put a good kick chase and, and defend solidly, um, build pressure and points will come. I think that's basically the extent of their game plan for this one and and that should be enough to, to get him home in a tight one. Justin Hodges' name to return to. Yeah, but you know how yeah, he goes. Yeah, who knows? He, he, he gets named he gets named quite a lot, and not just as the as the defendant in sex crimes. <laughs> Canberra Raiders taking on That's the Newcastle terrible. Knights. <laughs> Canberra Raiders taking on the Newcastle Knights at Canberra Stadium. It's getting to that time of year where Canberra Stadium will be pretty cold and. Uh, Foreboding it's place. To become a nice fortress. Yeah, exactly. The fortress of solitude. Yes. Um, Raiders going pretty good. Knights, you know, we spoke about it in the recaps for last week. Pretty inconsistent side. Sure. Um, you know, the Raiders, the, the problem I have with the Raiders is they're not playing well enough consistently 
that I'm like that I can I feel safe tipping them. No, well I don't. I'm not. I don't feel safe doing it, but I'm definitely going to tip in this in this game, yeah. just purely for the home factor. Yeah, I'm really I'm really torn because I, you know part of me thinks that you know Bennett will you know turn the ship around and won't allow that sort of thing. You know the same thing happened two weeks in a row, but. You just never know with those boys. The Raiders, you know, Reese Robinson, Blake Ferguson, you know, take some take some selfies, score, you know, two tries each, and then you know the Knights are down twenty four, <laughs> and it's a very long way back. Exactly. So yeah, look, I'm going to lead towards the Raiders without any real confidence, but I just you know I can find too many reasons not to dip either of those sides to be honest. Next we have the Gold Coast Titans versus St George Illawarra Dragons at Skill Park, Rabina. So. The Titans side. Well, the Dragons in the in the first half of last week um, will get touched up by the Titans, but if they, they play like they did in the second half, and certainly in the last um, sort of 20, 30 minutes of, the, of that game against Manly, uh, I think the, the Dragons will run over the Titans. But um, Yeah. To pick Brent a winner, Morris, mate, Brent I think... Names. Uh, sorry? Brent Morris named in the side. Yeah. He's not as serious as previously thought, eh? Possibly not. It's a bit like a gallon, but, uh, and no extended bench either, which is probably a good indication that he will play. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Titans in this one. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, like, I'm going to tip the Titans, and the reason I'm going to tip the Titans is because St. George only were in that game on Monday night through severe referee interference, and the Titans have been known, especially at Skilled Park this year, for getting the rub of the green overwhelmingly. So... I feel that you know the the referee support won't be there for the dragons, and therefore they won't be able to you know construct anything that they did. And they like, and their attack is fucking predictable. It's mm. just like Jamie Sauer chucks it to Merrin, Jamie Sauer chucks it to Matt Pryor, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Sauer chucks it to Mitch Rain, Jamie Sauer kicks it to Jamie Sauer. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm inclined to tip the Titans there, but you know the dragons, you know if they can play like a team that's been pumped full of penalties, then yeah. Who knows? Penrith Panthers taking on the Melbourne Storm at Centibet Stadium. Poor Penny Panthers. Um, unlucky week for you guys. The Storm uh, lost a game, a very winnable game to the Raiders. Uh, it would have been a surprising game and it would have hurt. And so in return, as all good bullies do, yeah. they're going to come back and kick the dog. Yep. They're going to kick the dog. And um, unfortunately, uh, Penny Panthers, you are playing the role of the dog this weekend this one's going to be a carve up Panthers are going to lose this game by probably vicinity of 32 points and Luke Walsh is going to get the sack afterwards Storm by 40 again moving on to Monday night foot bitch again Manly playing on Monday night at least they you know the whole Monday night curse and yeah, you know, you the short turnaround doesn't happen turnaround. <laughs> yeah uh, taking on Sydney Roosters I mean Foxtel absolutely fucking scored with this you know getting this match I mean I'm not sure how Long ago, they did the divvy up, you know, specifically. I mean, well, they didn't. They had all the rounds, the first 20 sort of set, didn't they? Yeah. So I guess it was set in such a way that we go, okay, the Roosters probably aren't going to be, you know, they're going to do what they did last year. So as it turns out, though, it's, you know, three versus four. It's one of the top matches of the season so far. Um, Manly, Brett Stewart's named. Steve Matai returns, of course, from his unjust suspension. Um <laughs> It's a bit of an extended bench there. Essie Tonga is in Jersey 20. Uh, I wonder if that means that, you know, Brett Stewart's a bit uh, iffy. Why they wouldn't have Peter Hiku in there, though, instead, who, you know, acquitted himself very well in his first grade debut. Don't know. Bureau seems to... Bureau returns. James Hassan, who I didn't speak about in the match recap. Uh, he came from the Cronulla uh, 20s. Uh, 
and I hadn't heard of him um, before the start of the season until uh, another Manly fan sent me a YouTube video with his, with his highlights. And this is a beast. And so, yeah, and, when I, and then when we saw him last night, he played, he played off the bench, but the first thing he did, the first thing that I noticed, he just came out and absolutely jammed Jamie Sauer, just completely flattened him. Like, you know, excellent way to burst on the scene. He was solid, and I think he's going to be a good player. And I think, you know, you know, another five ten kilos as he gets older, I think he'll probably, you know, be a decent prop in the side too. Cool. Roosters, well, they've been going very well. I mean, this is two of the best defensive sides in the comp and better attacking sides in the comp at the moment. So uh, it should be a great game. Uh, Brookvale, I'll give the edge to Manly and... Um, I think Manly are just a tougher side too at the moment. I think the I mean, Brookvale factor is, is what will get Manly home. When you look at the last eight games that we played at Brookvale against the Roosters, I think we probably won them all. And two games ago, it was like 56-0 and, you know, and, and before that it was 42-0. Yeah. And, and I think it was 30-22 in the last one. Well, I don't think Sonny Bill will be overawed by the occasion, but I think um, there's every chance that, that Maloney might be. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I mean, he's you know he's played in the grand final. I mean, he's you know he's seen some action. I think the only game he's getting overwhelmed. He's playing the grand final. That 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 he lost against Manly. So maybe right. the scars that, that are still there. factor is is a big thing. Um, they do turn it up and, and do ramp up the intensity, Manly, and um, that's a, it'll be a good test for the Roosters one way or another. And I think if they can overcome that, um, get some good field position and, and build some pressure, I, I think they've got. Enough attacking, enough attacking options in their side to to trouble Manly, and I think they might just squeak out a win. And should they keep Essie Tonga off the field, they're going to be looking much better. And um, and also, I mean, the bench the bench looks better than the, the Roosters bench. I mean, the Roosters have got a fucking great side, but their they bench, really have, though, but not yeah. quite the depth. Exactly, exactly. So i uh, you know, pretty confident to say Manly thirteen plus. And that is full time for episode 119. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow us TWI League. We're on Facebook, so as you all know, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit that like button and be sure to share the posts as we put them up. Help us spread the word, all that good shit. And it's good to see with the Facebook page, people are liking it up. Yeah. Fairly regularly too. We're, yeah, we're adding numbers to it every week, which is great. And we're getting you know, a lot of people sending us messages and stuff. And people would send us like private messages through there with, you know, funny stuff or, you know, whatever. Just th- throw it on the, actually throw it on the on, on the timeline because, you know, then it, you know, other people can jump in on it as well, you know. So um, do us a favor. iTunes. Fucking huge week on iTunes this week. Cool. Do we get one review? Yeah. Do we get two reviews? Yeah. Three? Yeah. Four. Five reviews. Of course we did. Probably Snake of, people off last week. One of the biggest, one of the biggest single weeks of reviews I think that we've ever seen. So let's go through these bad boys. Um, the first one is by B underscore Nut, and uh, that is actually a uh, a manly fan, Bennett, who I've uh, met at uh, I think it was the was it the Broncos game. I think it was the Broncos game, and um, he's a good bloke, and uh, he did tell me to look out for this review. And uh, I have to actually uh, open up the, um, the the rest of the review. So I'll tell you what, we're going to go back to that one because it has, it has the more drop-down thing. But we can go to Rasavarian. Hash, Jeez. Tigers in Decline, Twill on the Rise. Brilliant podcast that is full of banter between both the hosts and the occasional insight into the NRL. Only one bit of advice, boys. Loosen the grip or it'll fall off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, what have we got here? Uh, go back to the drawing board. Five stars. The title, sorry, that was that was the person who gave us the review. And the title was Best Rugby League Podcast Out There. Show 118, what a cracker. My favourite word, Halcyon, makes an appearance and a reference to backpedaling Benny Cray. Well done, boys. Nice work, buddy. I thought that was going to be a negative review there. Because of the I go felt, back to the drawing board thing. felt the cold rush of adrenaline. <laughs> as, as you're about to jump into battle and and, yeah. and kick the shit out of somebody. <laughs> um, then we've got Tarana355. And he said, uh, the only podcast that I listen to every week, oh, sorry, best rugby league podcast on the planet. So a very similar kind of thing. Uh, I said, uh, the only podcast that I listen to every week, the guys are entertaining, have great knowledge of the game and their bias towards Manly and the Tigers is done in a way that makes the podcast even better with the insults they fling at each other's teams. Hash Tigers in decline, hash go Manly. So you got to love that. And now uh, we go back to uh, B underscore nut. This is a... Oh, so, sorry, the title. So good, you'll need a rally towel nearby. Five stars. This is a must-listen for Rugby League Tragics, despite one of the presenters being socially and mentally challenged. Nate is a legend with impeccable taste in football teams and an all-round top bloke. The other guy, what's his name, is delusional and yawns a lot close to the mic in much the same way the fans do when watching the Tigers play. The banner is top shelf and at least half of the analysis is spot on. Keep up the good work, lads, and I hope Nate's shoulders don't give out from carrying the burden of expectation and performance. A revelation of a podcast. <laughs> Alright, that's it for this week. I'm going home. See ya. That is the best fucking review I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck my Game of Thrones figures are getting busted all oh, Glenn's pulled out he's he's put down the microphone he's closed his iPad he's taken his phone <laughs> he's knocked down some of my uh, he's, knocked, he's knocked down Ned Stark poor old Ned Stark's copped it again oh and you're going to try and take uh, take the Khaleesi with you um, <laughs> and we got one from Mick Stagger and uh, it's I presume it's Dugan's hat but I hadn't spelled it. It's like Duargan's hat. I fear my reviews have been ignored of late due to my use of swear words, so I'll try and keep this civil. Twill is the best review of the NRL I can possibly hear on a weekly basis. No rubbish. These two clowns tell it like it is with humour and banter. Nate, or whatever his upper middle class manly name is, clearly has been spending many a night at Josh Perry's house and thus clouds his judgement as... As Gellin's take on the <laughs> Gellin's take on the people's team, the mighty West Tigers is absorbing listening. How these two criminals obtain such a brilliant piece of weekly league discussion is beyond me. But it keeps me going on my regular hour-long trips to work. Keep up the good job, fellas, as you continually keep it real and are the much-needed voice of the man on rugby league, on the on the league street. Tigers in recline and continue the big fights against the voices of tyranny that plague the future of the great game. Love, respect, and Steve Matai suspensions. And oh, look at that. And you're back. The headphones are going back on, and uh, the bottom lip has uh, returned to its upright position. Peanut. <laughs> I'd like to have a drink with you sometime so I can plow my fucking empty bottle into your face. <laughs> and, uh, you're a repugnant yeah. fool. <laughs> fucking top. Um, so, yeah, thanks for those. I mean, that's funny. It's good that you got one as well. From, you know, someone who, you know, clearly also, you know, grew up in a sheltered workshop. Love okay, man. I'd like to buy him a drink or twelve, also, yep. so I can plunge those bottles into B nuts face as well. <laughs> and, uh, and and Mick Stagger, I mean, you know, yeah, he he'd have a Duargan's hat, you know, maybe Gellin will give him a prize. 
<laughs> Man's a Westie. It is funny though. Don't hate on him for not spelling shit right. It is. It is funny that the review that was that was pro Glenn was the one that was illiterate. <laughs> Duh. Fantasy it shouldn't come as a, as a surprise. Yeah. Okay. So fantasy. Uh, Dane Laurie for PM maintains his top position in the uh, group competition, and let me tell you. Fucking killing it too. This this round. What did you get this round in Supercoach? Oh fuck! I don't know. I didn't even did log you, in. Yeah, I have a feeling. I saw someone beat you with a pretty average score. Like you both got in nine hundreds, or maybe you got eight hundred something, and they got nine hundred something. This motherfucker this week twelve hundred and seventy six. Fuck. <laughs> pretty good. And um, total points wise, you know, hundreds over second place share with Scorpions. Uh, then we got Tooves Super Dudes, Mighty Bulldogs, El Ducho's Dopers, UFC Roosters. See, see, and that's Dan. That's uh, Rooster Dan on Twitter, who's just a new a new entry. He was bugging me for the fucking invite link to this for ages, and he's just come straight into the top five. Uh, sorry, top ten. Seagull Assassins, Shorts Dentistry, Cerberus, and Ross's Rascals round out the top ten this week. I think I'm, I'm about fifteen. I think I went from like thirtieth to fifteenth in one week or something like that. I've so, logged in for two weeks. Every time I think about it, I'm not near any sort of device that is going to enable me to do my super coach side. And then at work, it's just not possible. Cool. Well, um, keep plus keep, I'm shit at it. Keep not keep not lo- keep not logging reasons. in because I'm sure I'm going to play you head to head one of these days. So yeah, I'll apply myself that week. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Tipping. The real Jedi maintains his three point buffer at the top. Williams 277 in second on 49 points. Sorry, Real Jedi was on 52. Voodoo Rock also 49. Boxcar Jason 48. Desi's Darks 48. Lynn 48. Michael Darren 79 47 with Animal NZ and Shell Geddes. And rounding out top 10, Aussie 11198 on 46. I had a big uh, big move again this week. I did okay on the tips this week and I moved up probably 10 places or something. So I'm, I must be sitting around. I think I'm three points out of the top 10. But that could be mean I'm like, you know, 30th or something. I'm not very good at tipping either. <laughs> Putting your tips Mainly in? because I tip the Tigers all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you can't tip. When it comes to betting and tipping, you can't, you know, you got to tip with your, ah, you know, your brain, not your heart. Don't, no. And I, and I mean, I, tip against Tigers. I say this as someone who it's always... Bad juju. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> it's very bad. Very bad. It's like stealing, it's like stealing Jorbu's rum. Yeah, I agree, Nathan. It is exactly like stealing Jorbu's rum. So, that's blanking. That's another blank, is it? Yeah. That's fucking version on Unforgivable. You know that, right? Everybody, tweet the shit out of Glenn about his uh, his lack of picking up what that uh, that reference is. Um, Slash referential retardism. Yeah. Now, uh, still got some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats and stubby coolers, so hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. Uh, just a reminder, the shirts are going half price, so I think that's around 20 bucks. And uh, if you spend over 50 bucks, we throw in a stubby cooler for free. Tigers in decline, we decided it's it's just going to happen. And um, the design has commenced. And hopefully, pending our supplier as far as the t-shirts and you know, how quickly they can turn stuff around, we're looking at a couple of weeks to actually have them in our hands. So... I can't fucking wait. And might do a Tool Nation one as well. Look, Especially it's, uh, look if ever there was a time to do a Tigers and Decline shirt, it would be when they're running last, so... <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, fucking snap and, them up fast, and, kids. And, the, and the, story, the story of the Tigers and Decline shirt, I mean, because we have been meaning to do it for a long time, as you all know, but... um. You know, we kind of just you know gotten busy at work and things like that, and you know a bit slack to get you know to get stuff done. And then I got an email from Glenn yesterday morning, I think it was. And you, what did you say in the email? It was just like, 
look, you know, as much as it hurts me <laughs> to do this, I mean, <laughs> it's clearly the right time to do a Tigers yeah. in decline shirt. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what uh, can I say? Yep. So it's gonna it's gonna happen. And um, if you've got any ideas on the design, feel free to send them in right now because it's currently underway. But I'm prepared to take ideas on. I mean, uh, the initial idea was like you know we sort of just do it similar to the Revelation shirt, obviously with different wording and stuff like that, but a similar style. But I was thinking maybe even like I still think we keep like the grey shirt with the V because that looks cool. And even the the text color, we might do something different. You know, maybe a bit of a design on there. You know. Something for the you know, tigers in decline. Let's just get it done the same. <laughs> Let's not fucking go all out and make it this, you know, <laughs> mecca of t-shirts, you know, slanderous t-shirts, stating untruths. Why Let's not just they? get it done. People can buy a shirt, put it on, take their photos, have their fun and fuck off. <laughs> So you can see Glenn's enthusiastic about this new addition to our product line. So, uh, yeah, tweet us, let us know what you think. And, uh, you know, if there's some good ideas coming through, you know, we could probably throw a shirt at someone who, uh, you know, puts us down the right path. But um, Or not. Yeah, or not. In any case, uh, yeah, let us know if you want to get one. And, uh, you know, because uh, the more support we get for these sorts of things, the more of these sorts of things we can do. Exactly. All right, that's it. See, see you next, next week. week. Go Manly. Go Tigers. How about that? Of course, go put Tigers. A, put a smile on Glenn's face. Let's, let's put a smile on his dial. Let's it's been five weeks. Let the Tigers. I'm I mean, due. I'm who, due. Are you, who are you playing again? Sharkies. Some, Sharkies, yeah. Okay, you're gonna we get own slaughtered. the Sharkies and their fucking kids. Yeah, I was, oh, yeah, oh, yeah you, don't, you haven't owned the doggies though, have you? Like, like nah. a, no, no, that wasn't the one you were going to win, right? <sighs> I feel bad for the Tigers now. That's got the no, point. You don't. I'm, I, no, I, you don't. I sincerely, don't pretend. I sincerely feel terrible about it. I wish. I mean, I feel you terrible push, like it's my fault. Push stop. I can't listen to it anymore. I stop. Pity, I pity the fools. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.